Hello, Dragon Tamers, and welcome back to another episode of Enter the Dragonair's Den. As always, I am Taco Dog, joined by the legendary professor, Jet Force Gemini. How's everybody doing today? We're doing well, and for the second week for the second week of our special guest series, we are joined by our first repeat guest. Please help me welcome from Brave Nerds PvP, Amazed and Confused, and Custom Approach. It's great to be back, guys. Yep, how you guys doing? We are we are super excited to have you guys back on the podcast after following y'all. Unfortunately, for the last time, while you guys ascend to gold tier, is it? Up uh, gold tier. Yep. Okay. For now. Or, it, or is it the last time? <laughs> <laughs> let's let's be honest here, and I'll be the first to say it. You guys, probably. I mean, you're not gonna do it in season four because if you win again, you'll be at diamond tier. But you will qualify for the world championships next season assuming there's a season three but many of us hope there's a season three i think so i have i have some some faith despite the i guess very high tier teams that have been disbanding recently but anyway. so are, we, oh. are we gonna are we gonna go into that drama uh tonight no i i'm not gonna touch that with a 10-foot pole i just follow <laughs> that hey this team disbanded hey this team disbanded that's all just- i know and that's all I'm gonna care to know and comment on. Because I like to, I like to get my tea. Like you know, I like to know what's going on behind the scenes throughout the off season. So yeah, oh, I can yeah, definitely talk true. about it. But <laughs> probably best idea, but best idea that we don't. No, I, I mean I think the one thing that is interesting though, right? If you get past the drama and past you know the actual what's going on is it's just the, the reverberations you see throughout factions, right? Um, you've got teams breaking up. You've got we, we talked about it a little bit before we came on here, right? Just kind of how it's. It's cascading, you know, through some teams are going to get promoted that didn't think they were getting promoted. But you've also got a lot of really talented battlers out there, right? Late in the offseason, um, trying to find a new home, trying to find a new place. Um, I mean, that's it's interesting and it's exciting. Yeah, I honestly, I couldn't agree more with that sentiment. The only, I guess, my headcanon on it was the captain of Bad Muse uh, got signed to another team and then the captain that was supposed to take over got also signed to another team and unfortunately there was nobody that wanted to take up that captain's role so they decided to go their separate ways and we wish that team we wish those players the best of luck because for a top caliber team they definitely i think they were poised to be promoted into emerald if i'm not mistaken yeah it's it's really unfortunate because they earned promotion to emerald and then they just kind of imploded Maybe that, they... that was part of the conversation that I missed. Like I, I didn't realize that they were moving up and couldn't couldn't stay together. Jet, we have to get you on Twitter eventually. <laughs> I mean, this is this works for me. That's fair. Well, all right then. So formalities aside, I'm still gonna mention it. If you're new around here, this is a great episode to tune in. We are a podcast that talks about Pokemon Go PvP in the Silph Arena factions from open tier to bronze tier. And if you're not new, well, you know. It's also it's always great to have you in. Sit down, strap strap in, sit down, and we're gonna have a very good episode. What what are we talking about today? So we got some news from Niantic slash Self. The the sec, the metas have finally been revealed, albeit a little late in the I guess in the the grand scheme of things. We usually have about two weeks to prepare. This time it looks like we have a week counting registration. We have an old favorite in the catacomb field. And a new, a new kind of, I mean, it kind of reminds me of Sorceress a little bit, but it's called Arcana. And then in the Ultra League, they're going back from Open Ultra to the Justiciar field. So I guess whoever wants to take a shot at it, what are y'all's thoughts on it? 
Uh, I guess I'll take a, uh, I'll take a shot right now. Um, obviously I've had most of my time is devoted to preparing for just a car. I won't say just this year, it's, it's just a car. Um, <laughs> as always, I gotta say, like, I got, I'm really grateful that Sylph gave us uh, a couple months to prepare. I think they, they, uh, announced the, announced the meta, like, back in early January, maybe even earlier than that, so that's always nice, uh, because obviously, uh, you know, the UL specialists need to, to usually get some XLs, uh, Especially seeing that Tentacruel looks really good. It's like it's the top pick on PvP Hulk right now. And then uh, obviously like not many people are gonna have like to get Amaru built immediately, so it gives us some time. As for the other metas, I think they look good. I think Arcana is probably the one that I think I prefer right now out of the two. Uh, I know most most players on the team seem to be more interested in that also. Yeah, and, and I'll I mean I'll come in here, right? Just a car. <laughs> I definitely think it's an interesting meta. Um, you know, I've dabbled with it a little bit in the last couple of weeks. Um, it, it's really, there's not a lot of bulk in it, which is nice in an Ultra League meta, right? You're still gonna have bulkier mons in the Great League. Um, but you know, a, a lot of your really, really bulky Ultra League Pokemon that are gonna you know, slow down your matches, they're not there, right? You're, you've got a lot of Pokemon with hard hitting moves that debuff themselves. Um, I put together a team that had Komo, Victini, and Shadow Luxray on it. You know, I'm throwing wild charges, V creates, and close combat freeze, and it's fun. The matches go by really fast, right? You add something like a Gengar or a Sneasler in there. I don't, I don't think I've heard anyone say that about Ultra League before. No. Yeah, I mean, I've you got like, like I said, you have Tentacruel, and that's really the only bulky mod. I mean, I guess G Weezing's fairly bulky as well, but yeah, it's it seems like very fast-paced, like meta. Yeah, no, I mean that's definitely how it feels, I and mean, there's a lot of a lot of hard-hitting debuff mons. Um, I mean, Gengar is going to have a lot of play, as you will, you know, they don't make a Ultra League meta if you can't use Shadow Drapion. Shadow Drapion's going to be another really good safe swap. Um, but like what I've seen so far, I think it's the Tentacruel meta. If you don't have a Tentacruel built, um, go build one. I, I got two XL candies today. I was pretty pumped about that as I was cutting wood. Mm -hmm. um, but, but yeah, I think it's a Tentacruel meta. I think Charizard's going to be strong. Um, Victini looks very interesting, and Como O is awesome if you can keep it away from uh, Galarian Weezing. And then that, I guess that'd be the last one I'd point out, just looking at looking at real quick, is I've been saying build Galarian Weezing throughout the last six months. I think it's one of the more interesting, versatile, ultra-league Pokemon, uh, not just in factions, but just overall. Uh, here's a great excuse to build one if you need one for Justicar. Yeah, I'll second what he says about Galarian Weezing. It's, it's really great in this meta, and I think people who invested in one now are really like paying off dividends because you look at like gbl fantasy cup it's it's just busted and, and i will tell them what i learned last night when i played you amazed um galarian wheezing with only brutal swing so fairy wind will swing beats the crap out of como in every shield scenario regardless <laughs> so you see the como out there you can you know, build up some energy on another Pokemon, grab your Weezing, and it's going to take take care of business. Now, are we accounting for Boom Burst in this scenario? According to Niantic, Boom Burst is the greatest move in the game ever from the Season 10 notes that we were generously given. So we got it. We always have to keep that in mind. I'm just so, sad that they're running out of stuff to give it to. Uh, I think they can give it to, like, they could do, like, pick a pack community today and get Boom Burst that way. But other than that, I think it's going to be a while before we get it again. I am 100% down for a pick a pet community day with Boombers. Please, Niantic. This is what the PvP community has been clamoring for. More Boombers, please. 
Yeah, and for, what, shiny? for what it's worth, Brutal Swing Weezing beats Boom Burst Komoo as well. So that to kind of just shows you how well that Boom Burst is working out for you. Which is just nuts because literally that you're just doing damage for fairy bird. Uh, obviously, I guess the Brutal Swings do add up even though it's resisted, but you just wouldn't think that that would be so one-sided. This is true, but I also know that Komoo is supposed to get its signature move for a community day in clanging scales, which is if it's a Boom Burst clone, we might be in some trouble. If it's not a Boom Burst clone, let's hope it's better, question mark? Maybe Dragon Pulse clone? Yeah, because that's a great move. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I'm honestly excited for the, the Catacomb field, mainly because I had a lot of fun in Season 2 Sylph with my my two goodest boys, or I guess my two baddest boys, Umbreon and Houndoom. All I would do is pair that with like a Venusaur or a Sudowoodo and watch them go nuts on the meta. But I know that... I- with I know that with the with like the move updates and some new Pokemon being built, I'm quickly finding out that see the that my I guess Boomer Squad isn't really the isn't really the play anymore. I mean, you gotta love a meta where Barbarical and Vesper Queen are are viable. Yeah, and I, I've been looking at that meta some today. Um, I guess spoiler alert to any of the brave nerds listening to this. Depending on when this comes out, so I'll be playing um, Cat in our in our practice bout between the squads. Um, but yeah, I think it's an interesting meta. I, I think I read that Samurott was not part of the meta. Maybe not Samurott. It's Hydra Queen the last time it was around. I think Samurott makes it interesting. I think it's definitely a, a Frostlass, Frostlass, Sudowoodo, Umbreon meta um, with, with, with Samurott and Barbarical, or however you say it, um, kind of playing the spoilers and kind of making an interesting uh, addition to the meta. Silk definitely loves running the... Uh, there's always got to be at least one meta per cycle where Frostlass is on every team, and I'm just glad to see that they're continuing the tra- tradition. I'm going to try to make a personal goal, goal, which is to win a couple of bouts without having to use Frostlass. Will I succeed? Find out next time. I mean, don't don't hurt yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I mean, that's why I mean, that's why Sudowoodo, I just built one today. Whoa. It, it's good because, you know, depending on the, the team comp that you're going up against, you can swap out counter, you can bring in rock throw, and you can, you know, throw those rocks at that frost last all day long. Um, so it's definitely got that that I'm building a team. That's that's thinking like a factioner right there. I mean, what is factions than other than, other than just a uh, opportunity to waste dust? <laughs> yeah. How, how do you guys feel about there not being one of the vanilla sylph wave cups within the field metas this time? I'm I'm happy because I think by the time like ha- like we had half the cycle over by the time the uh, actual vanilla sylph season started I think everybody was kind of burnt out on Ember. Uh, and, and to be fair, Ember was kind of a meta I think people got burnt out on after like two weeks. But uh and I'm all I'm always, I'm always in favor of things being spiced up, so no complaints there. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if Ember was was the right choice to double down on, but um, yeah, I'm definitely glad to see new stuff, and I'm just still kind of catching up on what's different about Catacombs this time. It's like, oh right, my my old team, the Venusaur's gone. It's like, what was that doing again? I guess a pseudo counter. I, I felt so bad last cycle because. I had poor Drift Blue and an Ember every week, and uh, he he hated playing it, but he was also winning every week, so I couldn't take him out. 
It's like, I'm so sorry, but you're just good at it. And please don't, please don't leave the team. It'll get better, I promise. I, I'll let you play other stuff next cycle. Ember, <laughs> Ember can't hurt you anymore. I honestly think that Ember was that field where somebody just had to do it. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. To be fair, I, I mean, I kind of liked it just because it's one of the few self metas I feel like I was good at. Obviously, I came in and won your guys' tournaments. And <laughs> yeah, the other ones I did. I, I did fairly well. The other ones I did, so no big can't deal. This much. Just, I'm just gonna drop that in there. Oh yeah, I won your tournament. Yeah, honestly, there's the way that I kind of the way that I kind of do is like we have an ultra league specialist that just won our Ember tournament, which means that Ember tournament was really easy to pick up, and it was all a battle. It was all a test of skill, or anything can happen on any given Sunday type of situation. Uh, it was the second one. Okay. Then I, then I came in all cocky for Nyad and it didn't go nearly as well. Fell right into my trap. But yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Alright. Well, you did mention when you said a scrimmage between the squads and you uh, also mentioned this on Twitter. I am very interested to see that we will still be able to to talk about the the Brave Nerds, I guess, dynasty at this point, because y'all have a second team now. Is that a Duck Dynasty joke? Yes, it's it is. It's not Duck Dynasty. You have, you, <laughs> you have no, no idea how many people reached out to me and said, oh, yo, is Duck Dynasty part of you guys? I'm like, no. And they're like, shut up. Yeah, it is. And then finally, <laughs> when I did reveal the team, they're like, oh, so yeah, you were telling the truth. Okay. Honestly, the, the logo looks good. The team looks stacked. It's kind of giving me some some Sub Zero vibes a little bit with just like the the caliber of players that you guys are bringing in, and I honestly I'm hoping that our team gets promoted to Copper before y'all get promote before your the second team gets promoted to Iron, so that, that way we don't have to fight yet because I want to fight. <laughs> I I would want our team to fight the originals, not the not the Academy team. The Pretenders. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say that. Now. Did we say what the team name is, by the way? We did not. Do, do you want to? <laughs> Would you like me to introduce them? Yes, please. <laughs> okay. Uh, starting next cycle, cycle four, we are going to have a sister faction called Nerd, excuse me, Nerdy Birds PvP. And uh, Custom Approach, my good friend, is going to be the captain of that squad. So what you're saying is he's not retiring, right? He's not retiring. He, uh, technically, he did join another team. We weren't lying on Twitter when he said he left Brave Nerds to join another team. It just just happens to be that it's still a Brave Nerds team. Well, all right. It is, and I guess like it's an honor and, and a privilege to have two captains from two technically two different teams to uh, be interviewed at the same time. So this is a first on Enter the Dragon Nerds Den. Woo! Well, I'm glad we can be part of history. All right. Yeah, here oh, I was, was, was going to ask if Custom has any any new new captain comments. No, I mean I'm looking forward to it. Never wanted to be a captain. Never thought I'd be a captain, but this is the path that has kind of taken me. Definitely, you know, fully bought into you know what the Brave Nerds are trying to do as as a group. Um, definitely like you know supporting Amazed and trying to build a, a little a little community here. Um, and I definitely think we have a good squad, right? So I mean, Open's going to be interesting. I think with Open, there's there's always going to be a lot of talents. It's just a matter of who do you play and when do you play them. Um, and we have a really good kind of mixture, I think, of we have some good GBL veterans that have never played self before. We have some up and coming, what I like to think are self superstars. 
Um, so I think it's going to be a good team. They're meshing pretty well already. And it's just going to kind of be rotating everybody around, getting everybody used to kind of the, the cadence of factions and going from there. Well, all right. You may, you did say that you're, you never thought you would be a captain, but you're giving off some like, some like, what's the word? Wise old man captain vibes right now. So if it's I'm any... Much I'm much better at being a wise old man than a captain, so I can, I can I'll take that. I was like, you, can, I think you can be both, in my opinion. <laughs> I told him, Maze, I'll, I'll be the spiritual leader, and he can, he can take care of all the hard stuff. That's fair. He wants the, uh, he wants the respect, just not the responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to read the chat, just not actually say anything. I mean, sometimes I will be the first to say, being captains can be a little difficult. You know, the hardest part is making sure that all your people are in the right spots and then, like, hounding them. Make sure you set your lineups, y'all, and reach out to your opponents before anything. So, like, to give some exposition here, uh, so I knew I wanted to make a, a second team. This has been in the works for at least since cycle one of uh, the season. And there were some players I had in mind who I wanted to bring on but the question that was always lingering over my head was who do I get to be the captain who do am I going to trust to 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 lead these guys and initially I really didn't want to like take custom off the brave nerds roster I because I really appreciate his presence there but the more and more like I thought about it it just made too much sense to, to offer him the role because he's really somebody that I feel like we have a good working relationship he's somebody I definitely trust his opinion I think he's gonna do a great job leading these guys so at the end of the day it was really a no-brainer just to, to keep him keep him around as you know that in that role and to, to speak to custom he's such a team player that you know I, I think i messaged to him asking if he'd be interested and he was like yeah i've already like was planning on being the captain of the team I'm like okay that works it was the uh, it was the nicest demotion i've ever received um so definitely thank you for that amazed hey you're welcome well alrighty so actually with the the i guess the advent of a new team i kind of wanted to ask you guys a couple of questions when it came to when it came to recruitment starting with i'm not gonna like say give like what's your recruitment strategy how do you want to do it or we might talk about that later i guess my first question i'll ask you is is it (laughs) is it mostly like luck timing how did you guys go out and find these uh these amazing players uh i think the most important thing is just having the right connections to begin with so i'm very fortunate to like several of the players on the, the team i already knew I was going to target to to bring on board, uh, but if it does, all uh, luck and timing definitely do have a lot to do with it. Uh, I'll give the example of actually when I was putting together the Brave Nerds, um, Conky was somebody uh, that I recruited just by doing a cold call. Like I had no I had no previous relationship with uh, with him as you know a member of the community. I just saw his his faction or his um his self card and gave him a, a random message one day and just so happens he we were the first faction to reach out to him so he joined us and the rest is history i mean because he's but he's a terrific player you know i even have like other other captains tell me about like what a great ad he was so yeah that definitely had to do a lot with luck and timing did, did you have any kind of uh, vibe check for him or was it all just i see that you're an excellent player i would like you on my team <laughs> I mean, we, we talked a little bit, and I was asking him, you know, like, what he would be looking for when it comes to, like, playing time and 
you know, the role he would want with the team. And he just gave off the vibe as somebody who was really eager just to play. And he was like, I'll do whatever you need me to do. And that, that, that goes a long way. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a bunch of luck involved and there's also a lot of skill, right? I mean, I, I think when we filled our last couple spots on on the, the birds now, um, I keep confusing my team with the team's names. We, we named them too well, they're too similar. Um, but when we got the last couple people on the on the birds, you know, I, I kind of joke, I'm kind of serious, right? I, I grabbed the, the roll of decks out and I started making some, some contacts to some people I've known for a while. Um, like Grifka, I, I've known him, me and him were number one and number two on the leaderboards about two years ago. Um, he's never done factions before. He's somebody I've always kept in contact with on Twitter. Um, not really in the self community. He had never done self before. I reached out to him I'm like, hey, you want to give this thing a shot? Uh, you know, no pressure, really no downside. If you decide you hate it three months from now, like not gonna, you know, think any differently of you. And he's like, yeah, this sounds awesome. This sounds like a good opportunity. A lot of good battlers there. Let's, let's do this thing and see what happens, right? Um, so sometimes you gotta get a little bit creative, right? You gotta go find the people that maybe aren't people aren't going and looking for um and you got to reach out to who you know and who you trust in the community yeah I, I wish it were as easy as just like looking at the sylph leaderboards and finding somebody without a team but especially when you're recruiting for an open team you have to get a little creative because a players really aren't going to be jumping at the bits to join an open team especially if they have some sylph experience and b you got to compete with you know you got to compete with every other faction and you kind of you kind of have to find the people that are flying under the radar and for what it's worth i think we have like a really great um so when i put put together the original brave nerds team my goal was to have like a a nice balance between players that had show six experience and players who might not have that experience but have the skills necessary to succeed in it and I think we've done that with this team. It's kind of a 50-50 split between, you know, the veterans and the sylph and factions and the guys who have been on the GBL leaderboards but just don't have that experience yet. No, and, and I think that, I mean, one of the things it had to our advantage, I think, recruiting in, in the open tier, right, is we could look at some of those people that have never had the sylph experience and turn it into a learning opportunity, right? Um, we, we're not looking to, to throw you into the Emerald tier every week. We're going to help you learn. We're going to help you grow within Sills. Um, and, and people were looking for that. And I thought that was that was really cool to kind of make that connection. It doesn't have to be sink or swim. <laughs> yeah, that goes a long way. And kind of my philosophy when it comes to at least the show six format is if you're a player who plays uh, primarily GBL and you're consistently hitting the leaderboards, means you're doing something right uh you just you don't hit the leaderboards every season by having like bad mechanics or a bad understanding of the game so i feel like if you can take a player who has good mechanics you can teach them show six especially if you're if you surround them with some players that have experience which was what we try to do so that's just my thought is it's a lot easier to to coach a player that's already mechanically sound on how to pick a team for for show six versus having a player who you might have to hop into video chat and like give them like play-by-play -play instructions each week on you know on how to play matchups out uh it's just it's just a little bit easier when they have the good mechanics there there's no easier way to pick up sylph i think than in the factions dynamic right where you've got the team everybody's got the same general goal you're bouncing ideas off each other 
Um, you don't know self. You're going to learn self pretty quickly doing factions. Probably better than just running, you know, normal normal faction or normal self. self sorry. Gotcha, gotcha. It is, it, it is fairly forgiving, at least from the move set side, right? Where you you can kind of put your best foot forward. It's not like a you're you're locked into a decision you made. It could be more than a week ago with some of the extended lobbies. Right, right. And I would say like you guys did bring up the the point of if you go on the leaderboard and try to find someone generally since factions is quote unquote the same but different in a sense like there are there are new rules that sometimes may not translate over into the like into the factions format i'll be the first one to say it i am not the best factions player but i consider myself a pretty good individual self battler and it's just like i would think a lot of more players would want to start in like the lower tiers of like open iron copper to kind of get the the mechanics of this is how factions works this is how we this is how like we're going to kind of operate and the learning curve is a little bit lower because if you're in the starting lineup and you lose a match your team may or may not get relegated it's just like hey we lost no big deal versus like i think in the, i guess this is me because i haven't really seen the upper tiers where it's like, hey, if we lose, now we're, we're on the chopping block to be relegated. Yeah, and then also in factions, obviously, there's a little less pressure because even if you go 1-2 that week, you know, you're not necessarily putting in your, t- your team in a spot to lose. But on the flip side, it can be the most pressure in the world because say you need a 2-1 and you go 1-2, that's the worst feeling. Yeah, I, I did that. <laughs> I did that, sadly, with one of our newer teammates. They were... <laughs> They needed a 3-0 to sweep or to win, and we ended up getting reverse swept. So it's not the finest moment of the captain. And you know. get, getting swept is never fun either. I, I unfortunately have been on that side uh, enough. Um, I think the last time I got swept, I definitely took the rest of the day, you know, went walking by the lake, you know, kind of hanging my head down, like feeding the ducks and thinking to myself, you know, about life. It's, it's just not a good feeling. No, not at all. Because you feel like you let yourself down, you let the team down. I remember when you were playing the, the Sharks, uh, not last season, but the season before. Uh, I think I was the first one to um, play that week, and I got swept. You know, and it's just, it's not good, right? Going back to the team saying, hey, guys, you know, we're starting this thing down 0-3. Uh, you know, hopefully you guys picked me up, and, and they did. So that's obviously awesome. Well, alrighty then. That is... And also, honestly, an amazing insight and a little bit of a quote-unquote philosophy portion of of like how you guys are, are building up this team. And I can't wait to see what I can't wait to see what you guys are going to do in this. Ne- well, your your sister team is going to do in the lower tiers. Obviously, we know how well you guys are going to do in the next tier. I'll add one more thing. Do you care? Go for I'll it. One more Absolutely. Because I've had this conversation with a couple people in the last couple of days. You know, I, I think team morale is really important, right? And, and team morale could be how a team gets together. It could be how a team interacts. It could be, you know, a group of individuals. And, and I do think that, I mean, where we had, I think, an easier time filling, the, you know, the, the nerdy birds than it could have been is because we do have a lot of people on the Brave Nerds, I think, that are, are very, very well known, very well liked. Um, and I think that it's very well known that the Brave Nerds are... are a good cohesive group that as Amaya says is staying together you know we're not having people leave every season um it's been a pretty consistent strong team and, and, and that's the type of team you want to join right if you're a, if you're a faction person out there and you're looking to join a faction i wouldn't want to join a team that that's you know completely switching up every every cycle every season you know you want to look for that team that's got a good good core of people already already there 
um, that you can come in, complement that team, um, as opposed to, you know, going to a, just, you know, a team of, of, of individuals. Um, so I think that definitely helped us in recruiting. Um, I know for a fact it helped us with recruiting, honestly. Um, and, and it's definitely something that I would say as you're building a faction or as you're joining a faction, definitely look for that morale, definitely look for that camaraderie. It's definitely going to pay off in the end. Gotcha. And one thing that was kind of, I will say one thing that made me chuckle a bit was when we had a practice bout last cycle, the player that I got matched up against was Gino Thanks. And without missing a beat, I had never messaged this person. And he just messaged me, hey, we're rivals for a week. And I was just, I just said, okay, I know this is a joke, but this is a very good joke. And I was like, all right, um, you can be gold and I can be silver and we'll just, we'll have our fight, I guess. Yeah, yeah it, it, just like any team sport, right? I mean, I grew up playing soccer. You wanna, you wanna be on a team with people that you like. You're gonna be joining a new team. You wanna join a team that you think, hey, this is the group of guys and gals I'm gonna fit in with and I'm gonna be able to, you know, get better being part of, so. And, and, and I'll, I'll, just, you know, just, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, <laughs> sorry. I, well, I, I just wanted to piggyback because you were talking about how much just kind of having the, the, the brave nerds behind you was, was helpful for recruitment. And I know it's, it's kind of hypothetical at this point, but do you, do you have advice for just for how to, how to talk about the, the team that you're building if you don't have kind of like an A team to reference? Yeah, so it's definitely tough to try to convince people to, to join like a new team if you don't have like a track record. I know like when I was recruiting for Brave Nerds, uh, obviously there wasn't like a whole lot of interest from from the wider community just because we were like an unknown at the time it still blows my mind that you guys were an unknown a couple seasons ago i, I know i reached out yeah. to you guys on twitter and promoted you guys pretty from the get-go but like that still just blows my mind thinking back on it. you guys were stacked uh, i think at the best we were uh, a dark horse team according to mj so yeah relatively unknown um i would just say you just you have to really hit the hit the hit the streets you have to talk to as many players as you can uh and i think i mentioned it earlier you have to get creative as well you're, you're not like you're like you're likely not going to be able to recruit players that have played on upper tier teams you're probably not going to be able to recruit players that have uh high rankings on the self leaderboards because uh the sad truth is a lot of them feel like they're entitled to play on uh, upper mm -hmm. teams so just any way you can to fill, fill that roster you know you just gotta leave no stone unturned no and, and i think the other thing right is you need to have a realistic vision that kind of differentiates you from the other teams right if your goal is to to build a team of up-and-coming guys and you know grow as a team i mean i think that's a, a strong vision right especially if you've got a, a core group of people who are all you know, good GBLers, good up and coming faction players, whatever it might be. Um, if you want to, you know, have a Twitter engaged team, right? Once again, I, I think if that's your vision that we're going to be, you know, social media superstars and play faction on the side, I think that's great too, right? I think you just, when you're talking to people, what are we trying to accomplish? It needs to be more than just, hey, I've got a faction, come join it. It needs to be, you know, here's, here's what we're going to try to accomplish. And this is how I think you fit into that picture. Um, definitely helps, right? You always need to have that vision. You always need to to kind of stick towards it. Like the personal touch there, or it's it's you you've chosen the person or the player specifically for for a reason or a role, and letting them know that right off the bat, like that that would be really powerful. Well, it, and let's be honest too, right? I mean, I, I've I've had this conversation literally tonight. 
um, you're not joining an open team to to win the Emerald Championships, right? I mean, if you are, you're, you're really playing the long game, right? You're joining, mm -hmm. you're, you're joining a new team because there's something you want to get from it, whether it's, you know, build on a relationship with you, you've already got with somebody in that faction, whether it's, you know, learn whatever it might be, right? It, it, it's, I mean, you got to think positively. I mean, the brave nerds are, are pulling it off so far, right? Let's start here and let's, let's start at the bottom, go to the top. Um, but that doesn't happen very often, right? So you got to be realistic with what you're trying to achieve. Um, build that good core and then just kind of, you know, build the off and make it more of a the value of the collective individuals than the individuals themselves. And I think one advantage we do have um, with the with the new team, the Nerdy Birds, is that we can kind of sell it to players as a laid back, like learning experience um, for some of the less, you know, the less seasoned players. But at the same time, I wholeheartedly believe we have the talent on the roster to get promoted this cycle and make their way up the, the food chain as well. So it's it's just like, it should be a great environment where you can learn, it'll be laid back, but also kind of get a piece of that winning culture as well. No, Mace, I mean, you hit on it, and I guess I'll just reiterate this, right? I mean, I think most people are playing factions, most people are playing Sylph, most people are playing GBL because they like winning, right? The goal's to win. I'm hyper competitive, right? I want to win at every day. And and it's definitely what? <laughs> it's definitely more fun when you're winning. It, it it was you know the last couple seasons with the Brave Nerds has been a lot of fun because you get to grow, but also it's you know we were winning every week. That's a good. But you're getting positive reinforcement constantly. Like that's nice. So once again, if you're putting a team together, um, you know there's a lot of I think a lot of more important things when you're putting a team together, but. At the end of the day, if you're not winning and you don't have that that, that winning proposition, you're going to have trouble. I mean, inevitably, we're going to drop out. And I think after that, I'm just going to fold the team. Because, I mean, if you're not winning, what's the point? And, and not just winning, but winning every week, right? Yeah. That that was a joke. I, I know. <laughs> that was a joke, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not that crazy. Uh, but yeah, winning is a lot of fun. And I feel like the more you win, the more relaxed it gets, the easier it is to to bond with your teammates you know it's it's just being competitive from the start is just a great it's just a great team building exercise yeah i, I mean and it's this will be the last thing that i promise i'll shut up um <laughs> it's a lot more fun to, to play anything right to win than to not lose um mm -hmm. and i like the last couple seasons i was with the megalol and we were kind of bouncing between emerald and, and diamond right and i think there's a lot of people in the lower teams that are like oh you know i that, that sounds like a good problem to have, right? If whether or not you're going from diamond to emerald, emerald to diamond, so on and so forth. But it is taxing, right? I mean, after a while, you know, if you're at the emerald tier or the diamond tier, any of the tiers, right? It could be iron. You know, when you're halfway through the season and you're in, you know, seventh or eighth place and you're thinking about maybe getting relegated at that point, that's not fun, right? At that point, you're playing all these games. There's a lot more pressure. You're not just, you know, playing to win this week, but you're playing because you need to win your match so your team can win the, the game and you're not getting relegated in a couple weeks. That's a lot of extra pressure, and I think that that's generally not fun. So I think when you see a couple, some of these teams, you know, disbanding every every cycle, I always think that that's gotta be something to do with it, right? You just kind of get stuck in this this up and down and up and down where it's just, I don't I don't know, it's not a good place to be at. Um, so definitely that, that's one of those advantages, I think, to starting a team from the bottom, building them up, um, because of that record is exciting and it is a lot. Yeah, I'll just throw the example out there because we had two teams. Uh, I think they were both in platinum 
Either Diamond or Platinum last cycle was the PA Berserkers and the uh, Hudson Valley Pogo Dojo. Uh, they disbanded. And I, that looks like it was just simply, uh, it was a matter of them like, okay, we reached like probably our apex. Now we're on the way down. Might as well just pack it in, uh, you know, while we're on top. So I respect that because, you know, custom hit it on the head, you know, being in that position where you're just playing to avoid relegation can't be a good environment. Top top lefting factions edition. Yeah. And you'll you'll have to refresh my memory on this. I, we're kind of going back a little bit, but did your team lineup change very much between open and iron? Like did you after you kind of created your, your first draft of players, have some that decided that they weren't with it or did they stay kind of the whole time I, I feel like when when we talked last time it was kind of everyone was in it from the beginning but i could be misremembering so we had a little bit of turnover between our first cycle and open and then iron um we had three players leave the team uh we had jamie from palette uh the first cycle and he went to go found uh the ttt squad mm-hmm. uh, which was something that he had already like kind of had plans to do when he was on the team like he just wanted to kind of get a taste of factions with us then we had another player galar who he was kind of like on the on the bubble of like quitting pogo altogether um he finally did retire for good um but he he stepped down because he thought he was gonna he was gonna retire but then his old his old faction kind of drug him back into it so he played like another cycle after that, but he's he's fully retired now. And we had another player who just uh, he was like very green, and um, to be fair, like we didn't really have a whole lot of playing time for him, so we just kind of mutually parted ways after that. But since since then, we added we added the three players to replace them. Obviously, custom isn't on the active roster anymore, but uh, the players we added to replace those three have been with the team since then. I guess I'm going to kind of piggyback off that question a little bit. Was your, I said, you said you've had a little bit of a turnover. Have you guys kind of, I guess the, the, I guess there's no easy way to ask this question, but do you guys kind of focus on keeping like a core, like a core four, core seven, and try to like fill your alternates in every, at the end of every cycle? Or is it kind of just like, let's try to keep everybody in as best as we can and try to play it? So this this off season, I was back in the position of having to fill a spot. I had to do some recruiting because, you know, like we said, custom approach was stepping down to, to captain the B team. So I needed to find someone to fill his shoes. And uh, in the interview process, you know, we ended up going with Shauna Billings. And I, I remember actually interviewing him and I told him like, hey, if you join us now, I, I want you to be with us until we we hit diamond, emerald, whatever our ceiling is. And that kind of goes with all the other players on the team. Uh, ideally, I'm done recruiting forever. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure openings will come up because people are going to have real life obligations or they might just get tired of playing factions. But I'm, I'm pretty content with the team we have now. That, that is honestly a very... That's a very nice answer to that question. To and be, uh, to go, kind of to piggyback on it, uh, you know, there's some there's some drama out there involving a former former Diamond team that just disbanded, and uh, you know, I won't get I won't get too much into it, but uh, I think that a lot of like the upper tier teams 
And I think I think Bad Muse fell into this trap as well, just based off of what I've heard is you get to a certain point and the captain or the owner will be like, okay, we're in Diamond, we're in Emerald, we need to tinker with the roster to make it as, as good as possible. But at the same time, to me, like they, they say that there's not a lot of loyalty in factions, but usually that's just captains crying when a player leaves. But the truth is that loyalty goes both ways. Um, you can't just discard people when they've put in the work to help you get there in the first place. No, I, I think philosophically, right? I think that as a faction, your goal should be to bring back everybody every time, right? Um, things are always going to happen. I, I don't think I ever fault anybody for leaving one faction for another faction. Um, I, I think it's just the way the game's played and it's just like any other sport. Um, but I mean, I, I think that, yeah, I think as a team, especially if you're winning, especially if you're having success, I think the goal should be, you know, is there anything that needs to change? Is there that has to change, right? Is there any members of the team that are a, a disruption, right? Is there anybody on the team that's actually bringing morale down? Um, if so, maybe you make a change around that. But hmm. yeah, I think that if you can bring back eight or nine people every, every cycle, every season to the same faction, you're going to have a long success because of that. Yeah, obviously, if somebody is bringing down team morale or is maybe even like putting the team in a bad light you need to reevaluate i just don't think it's a great idea to preemptively cut players by saying like oh hey like you were good enough to get us to platinum but you're not a diamond tier player um, we're gonna cut you and then not even give that person a chance to prove themselves yeah shopping players definitely is i would say like it's kind of a i would say slimy slimy practice because then it kind of to me it kind of breeds the this idea of oh well we're going we went from where our success is together to if we if we mess up one time like our heads are on the chopping block and they're just going to replace us and then yeah that's the, not you, great for morale yeah and then you said that that makes that makes it easy for some players to 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 want to leave and then before you know it you have a team that kind of just disbands on itself which i the philosophy that I generally have heard all my life is a boss says do, a leader says let's do or let's go type of thing. And so I think like you can kind of apply it to this sense of that you can see like the, the best captains kind of are leaders and saying, hey, y'all, let's do this together versus the other captains that are just kind of thinking to themselves, hey, you... You didn't have a really good cycle, so we're just going to cut you and sign this other person to make us look better. And especially, like, early on, I am I hope by now, like, because this is going to be our fourth cycle together, that I've earned the trust of my players. But especially, like, after our first cycle, I had, I had players who, they didn't have bad cycles, but they obviously thought they could have had better ones. And they're like, am I going to be cut? And I'm like, no, of course not. I'm not going to cut you after one bad stretch of weeks. And, uh... Yeah, because and, and it could just be, I, I mean, I've told people this, sometimes, like, the metas just aren't in your favor. Um, you could you could do terrible in Ember one cycle, but Arcana might be your, might be the, the meta you go off next cycle. Now, what, what would you say if the captain specifically has not been having the greatest cycle? Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 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 I'm already looking for my replacement. <laughs> I uh, I have decided to. Um, I made a very conscious effort to find somebody who can cover Ultra League this uh, this cycle. 
So uh, I knew when I when I was going to fill a custom spot, I had a list of maybe like six or seven players like handpicked. I'm like, okay, ideally I'm going to get one of these players. And it just so happened that Shauna Billings was on that list. And I'm thrilled to have him because he's going to slide in that Ultra League spot. And I can kind of slide back into that that super sub flex type player that custom was was filling the role for i'm not gonna lie for a second i thought when you said i found my replacement i thought you found another captain and i was gonna get just be like amaze no don't do that i mean if i'm i'll, I'll be honest with you i do have like <laughs> there is a brave nerds uh, line of succession contingency plan in the event that i either retire step down whatever so yeah it could it could happen oh no <laughs> just not now i hope <laughs> no no i'll be around for a while would, would that be uh, how do i want to say this uh would, would you only be kind of changing the the captain's chair if you were going to to step away yeah if i if i were to step away from the active roster obviously i'd still remain invested with the team and uh active with the team obviously because i'd still be the owner but uh I, I imagine one day I will step down as an active player and somebody's going to have to fill that chair for me. And his name but, is Custom. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, well, I, I, I'm thinking Custom is going to retire for real eventually one day. <laughs> uh, maybe. And uh, I guess somebody will have to fill the, the captain chair on Nerdy Birds. So maybe it will be me. Or maybe it will be me. Who knows? No, and I'll take it back because we kind of went we went left, right, going from negative questions for losing to amazed losing to amazed retiring. Um, but I'll take us back just real quick, right? Because I, I, I do think that once again, this kind of goes back to, to the, your vision for your team, your philosophy for your team, right? Some teams have really, I'm not going to say this in a negative or a positive way, some teams have really strong captains and some teams have more groupthink, right? And I think there's pros mm. and cons for both of them. And, you know, I always thought it would be interesting if you actually set up a team and said, like, if you don't hit a 50% win rate, we're just going to cut you, right? Um, it may not be the most fun environment, but also if you had a bunch of superstars, I, I think that people maybe, once again, you'd have to get the right group of guys together, right? Um, but I think people could actually almost embrace that. Kind of like how the elite TMs, I think it was, I think it was kind of serious, kind of a joke about hitting 3,500. But if, it would be something to say, hey, we have a faction and, you know, if you don't hit 3,500, we're, we're actually going to go ahead and just, you know, ax you and find somebody else. You know, I, I think it, once again, I don't think this would necessarily work, but if it was already stated from the get-go, right, it wasn't backhanded, it wasn't anyone going behind someone's back and, and talking smack back and then trying to ax them or something like that. But if it was kind of, these are the rules of the faction and we're going to follow these rules, I, I, I'm not totally against it, right? I, I, and, and kind of that example, kind of on a, on a lesser magnitude. Amazed always did a pretty good job of if you got if you went 03, he'd play you the next week, right? Um, with his thought being, we're going to give you a, get get you out of that slump. I, I do think I'm going to do the opposite with the Nerdy Birds and essentially set the rule before we start this the cycle, right? If you go 03, not not punishment, but we're going to give you the next week off just to kind of relax, get your head straight, and get back into it two weeks later, right? I don't think there's a better way. I don't think there's a worse way. But once again, when you have this kind of rules built into a faction, I think it helps the faction um, definitely, you know, improve and definitely function throughout the cycle. So I'll, I'll hit on what Custom said. Uh, there are like two points I guess I want to make. Um, first, like, you know, 
I think in in the situation with the B team, like if a player does go O three, it might be it might be more beneficial to sit them like the next week because if you have players that are relatively new to Sylph factions, you don't want them to get like discouraged by going O three and then if, if they don't get that out of their head, there's a chance they go 3 the next week and then it just spirals out of control. So, yeah, I definitely can see the benefit of doing that. Um, and then as for, like, the whole captain thing, I definitely am a proponent of, like, the, uh, the strong leader type uh, faction. Uh, I think, obviously, looking at the outside, I've seen some factions that looked like they had maybe, instead of one strong captain, they had maybe two or three players that were calling the shots and you know when it's collaborative and everybody's like agreeing with each other it's great but if serious issues come up like things get nasty real quick yeah and i think one example is that right and once again i don't think there's a right way and i don't think it's the wrong way i, I think i personally prefer the way that that amaze says i think wrong captain is good but on omega lol we kind of came up with our with our lineups every and it invariably started with, hey, who who can play? Everybody, great. What can you guys play? Whatever. All right, cool. Right? And it was like this that we went through every week. And, and some people like that. I, I, I don't necessarily like that. And, and I've always had just like a real way to handle it. Essentially, Monday, Tuesday, Amaze would make the that, hey, this is the lineup for the week. And that's what we did that week. Um, it simplifies it. So you know exactly what's going on. And it really takes the takes some of the emotions out of it right i mean i've kind of joked but i, I it's not so much of a joke because i might actually implement it like i'm gonna set my lineups using a random number this, this cycle because once again my goal is to cycle everyone through the different um the different positions um and i fully anticipate creating a random number generator finding people randomly this is what we're gonna do um to give everybody the different to learn so actually there was one you had kind of talked about the the higher tier team i mean you 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 said the team by name so i'm just gonna go off and say it too with bad muse there was a joke that was made in our in our factions and it kind of got me thinking uh the joke was if you have too many big egos will that cause the faction to implode in on itself and i'm thinking y'all it's a game do we really need the biggest of egos on a on a on a Pokemon game, <laughs> I mean, I'll take the flip side. I, I mean, I think that a lot of a lot of the really good battlers do rightfully have egos, right? Not a negative thing. Just they take pride in what they're doing. They want to win. They want to do things their way because it's been working for them. Um, so I would say that if you want to have a successful team in the higher tiers, you have to know how to handle a bunch of big egos in the same room. Yeah, I hadn't really looked at it that way. That is definitely a, a side of the coin that I have not seen before. I, yeah. I just remembered a question too with your random number generator. Like, uh, does that include the more restrictive slots like Ultra and Master, or do you have a, a short list for those spots? We have one person who's going to be our primary Master League player, which is definitely helpful, right? I mean, everybody wants mm-hmm. that player. Um, we have, I think, two or three for the Master League. I- I'm going to make sure I play Master League once this season. I mean, that's 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 my goal for the season, play Master League once. Nice. But I mean, other than that, I mean, I, I guess we'll say that we're lucky. I think we have at least four people that can cover every meta. We, we have four or five guys that want to play Justicar, right? I mean, we're, we're fortunate for that. So yeah, I'm not going to be able to go completely wild. 
Cumber Generator. I mean, I told Vazed, I might play, I might play everybody once in, in, in Open Great League, right? Just kind of take that out of the equation, just tell everybody you're playing this once and that's, that's that. And then just cycle people through as they want to play. I, I mean, I've, I've, I'm still waiting here for a lot of the teams. I gave them a week, right? But I, I said, give me two to four metas you want to play um, and you'll play them. And most people are going to play seven or eight weeks this season. Um, and you're not going to play every week. And the whole goal is to rotate and learn. And with that being said, I have, I've already admitted to being a, a chronic competitor. You know, it's going to be really hard for me to keep using the random number generator if the same person's going 3-0 in the same uh, meta every week. But we'll, we'll see how I handle that as a captain in a few weeks. I'm going to make it, I'm going to say that you're going to use the random number generator up until about about four, about five, and then you're going to start going with what works. I, I'm still, I'm still in the, the slightly delusional phase where I think everything's going to work and I'm committed to the random number generator, but you're probably closer to right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> two things. Real quick, two things. Number one, don't ever say taco is right because I have a reputation <laughs> to uphold for being wrong. And number two, as Jet point or as I pointed out a couple of episodes ago, I should not be the voice of reason here. That's Jet's job. <laughs> well, you guys, you guys check in with me in about six weeks. I'll give you an update. I'll let you know how the random number generator's going. Would you like Twitter or a tag in the Discord? <laughs> let's let's do Twitter. Let's make it interesting. Okay, this is gonna be fun. And, and I guess my next question about the random number generator is like, is that something that you'll do live? Because otherwise you could just say that you're doing it and leave the people who are winning in their slots. I will I will do you guys a solid, if, I doubt it needs to be live. There's, we don't need the pomp and circumstance, but <laughs> I keep track of times I cheat. And I will I will keep you a, a, a real running tally. I'll never say how and when, but I will keep you a, I'll keep you a count. We appreciate it for, for science. You can, as long as you put the words for science at the end, you can do almost anything in this world. Also, the Brave Nerd, you can put it on the Brave Nerds Discord as well. I'm a, I'm a member of that. <laughs> That's a joke, but a lot of people will wonder what the heck is going on. And, and now that now that we have Amazed back, and, and this is still a question to both of you, but as far as your list of, of people that you kind of keep going for, you know, if you do have a slot, are, are these people... Do they, do they know that they're on your list ahead of time? Or is it like, how, how do you keep them available, I guess? Or like, So for about like two cycles, I kept hitting up the same guy over and over and over again because A, we were already friends. Like we had, we had done a lot of like scrims together, but he was already on another faction. Um, so that kind of became a running joke that, you know, every off season I was going to try to add him to the team. It, it just never worked out. Um, he's doing great things with his own team now. But uh, yeah, there are definitely players that if you're on my wish list, I'll reach out to you, you know, at least make contact early so we can kind of build a relationship and, uh, you know, go from there. I'm taking notes right now. So just real quick, like make a list of people to possibly poach. Got it. <laughs> yeah, like I had uh I mean there are a few players like this off season like obviously there there's no possible way I can add them um and even if I really wanted to add them now I wouldn't because I don't want to cut anybody. But it's like, hey, yeah, if you're interested in joining us someday down the line, you know, I'll let you know if a spot comes available. You could always do what SoCal Swalu does and just keep making teams. Uh, yeah. 
I mean, it's interesting though because you look at like that's become like the new trend is like every every team and their brothers making a B team, a C team, or whatever. And I, I went into this like with the idea like, okay, this isn't going to be a feeder team. I don't want to like I don't want to have a team just to to cannibalize the parts to whenever an opening comes up on Brave Wins. I want this to be a competitive team that can be part of our be part of our like our faction family. So definitely no plans to like to really steal players from that. I had another point, but I just totally, <laughs> I just totally I totally whiffed on it. It'll come back to me in a second, but yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I was. Well, and, oh, sorry. Go on. Uh, I was just gonna say that that builds into the culture. Then, right, is that you're you're not getting players that are hoping to get onto Brave Nerds. Like they they know that this is their team. Yeah, uh, I want I want these players that join Nerdy Birds to be there for the long run like i want i want them to have the same experience that we had with brave nerds uh where you start out at the bottom and you become friends with the players on the team and you, you really start to have each other's back and you climb up together and i just remember the point i was going to make also so i think also that i mean the truth is factions is kind of like a zeros on some game you're competing with all the other teams for talent and part of the rationale, I think, between behind starting a B team is you want to lock in players because you have 10 spots on your roster. Obviously, you can't carry every player you want to have, but you also want to avoid some of those players ending up on rival teams. So starting the B team is a great way to, to avoid having that happen. I'm adding that to my notes as well. The, the bigger your empire is, the, the less opponents you'll have. Does this mean that Brave Nerds are, are no longer in the fa- in the Sylph Factions business? They're in the Empire Building business. I, I like the I like the sound of that. <laughs> we got a, we got a nice little Empire going. We are now referring to you as Emperor Amazed and King Custom. Are we are we like a vassal state then? Not uh, here. Want to be sure? Not here. They're diplomats here. <laughs> At least in our server. Do we have diplomatic immunity? I will neither confirm nor deny that as of Lethal Weapon 2. <laughs> but actually, you you brought up a point that I wanted to... Speaking of the quote-unquote empire business, you brought up a point that I wanted to ask. What are your thoughts on poaching? So the short answer is I think it's fair game. Um, most most upper-tier teams are going to try to poach players from the lower and mid-tier teams. And... My, my stance is, and I, I usually tell my players, is that, hey, you're here because you want to be here. You don't have a contract. You're not obligated to stay on the team. You know, you can play wherever you want. So, you know, it, it sucks. Like, fortunately, we haven't had the situation where a player has been poached and left for a higher tier team. And hopefully we don't have that situation. But at the same time, you can't really you can't really hold it against people for wanting to play in another environment if they really want to. Yeah, I, I will never fault or blame someone for leaving one faction for another. Because you're gonna do it for, you know, various reasons. But at the end of the day, every person should be able to make the best decision for themselves, right? And whether it's they wanna, you know, knock up three different tiers and, and jump from, you know iron to platinum whether it's they you know just weren't really feeling it with their current faction they want to go somewhere else whether it's they've got a really good you know buddy on another faction they just had to team up with them you know whatever the reason is i think it's a really really valid reason because they're making the switch right so from a i guess the, the inverse of poaching 
I, I definitely think that that people should be able to leave and you know god bless them let them right um i actually had an employee quit my company uh this week got a better job offer right more money same general principle I, i'm never gonna fault the guy for for leaving my company for another company he he can make his life better right um not gonna stop him from doing that i'm gonna support him in it fully uh, I, I feel the same way about factions you really you want to put the player in the the best possible position to be successful however they're defining success because everybody's gonna uh that's different um as part of poaching yeah i mean stuff happens right every team's got to fill out their team it's just a very evil game and really once again that's why you got to build a strong faction we've been very lucky that that the brave nerds have been able to stay together for the most part um and they've they've rebuffed those those invitations from the, the higher tier teams yeah and i've had i've had players on the brave nerds get offers to play for some really really amazing teams and if anything, when I do hear that they get an offer like that, I'm, I'm happy for them because it means that they're finally getting the, the recognition and the respect they, they deserve. So I, I would never be like upset to hear if one of my players like left to join like elite TMs. Like I would just be thrilled for them. Well, alrighty then. That's that's a very good that's a very good thought process. I I may I also ask that because as a captain trying to fill like some spots on the team. It kind of makes you wonder, like, should I just recruit from somebody who may be completely brand new, or should I try to poach up another player with the with the thing of, hey, so I see that you're on a you're on a faction. I hope you're having fun with it. How would you like to join another faction with bells and whistles, or different bells and whistles? You guys have a podcast. You know, I can't really use that as a as a bargaining chip. Because the question I usually get is, wait, there's 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 podcasts for Pokemon Go PvP? And then I'll be like, yeah, that's us. But there's also, uh, like, Battle Science and everyone else. <laughs> you guys have a great logo. That's a good selling point, right? I think so. It's the best dragon in the... The best dragon that's been released that's not a legendary. Or fully evolved. I mean, to be fair, there was a player that joined Brave Nerds, like when I was first first recruiting, who basically said, like, yeah, I just like the, the color of your logo. Like, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you like it. Dang. If only it was that easy. <laughs> but alright, so I will definitely use that to my use that to our advantage next next time to recruit. So does this mean Custom's not gonna try to I can rest easy knowing that Custom's not gonna try to poach my my teammates? I, I can't. Uh, no any. promises. <laughs> maybe now is the time for this question like how how do you uh suspect that players are, are unhappy with their current team like i mean i guess twitter is is probably the best way like if they're just being vocal about it but um do you, do you just go by people you like in general or or are there actual kind of they're 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 leaving you breadcrumbs kind of situations I guess I've never actually reached out to someone that I didn't know on some level. Mm. Whether it's you know Twitter action, Twitter interactions, whether it's you know scrimming, you know done scrim togethers, you know whatever it might be. Um, I don't think I've ever just cold contacted somebody. I'm sure I have. I'm sure I have. But no, I mean I I think that I would say I would start with that that personal connection. Where you you know the person at some level and that's what and you know they're a good battler you know obviously but i mean i think that's where it would start for me yeah i'm trying to think i don't think anybody on the nerdy birds was a, a cold contact 
either we knew them already or they applied through uh, an advertisement. Oh, so I was thinking Dylan was probably the closest, right? Because we knew Dylan from playing Mazer. Um, I never really interacted with, with him that much, but I saw some Twitter posts that he was a free agent looking for a team. And yeah. I think we backed him kind of independently. Um, and he seemed like a cool guy. I mean, that's why we brought him on under. But I mean, I think that'd be the closest thing. So I guess, yeah, to maybe kind of answer one of your original questions. Um, I, I guess if you're seeing that they're free agents on, on Twitter, go for it. But I, that's, you know, free agency. That's not, you know, going and trying to poach somebody from another faction. I mean, you could always, like, just look at a faction's record. And I think always, like, a good strategy is maybe try to find a good player on a bad team. Mm -hmm. I think they, they might be more... Uh, easy to convince to, to jump ship, especially if their team's been on the decline. I see, I see. So I'll definitely have to be looking at... I'm also using this as a... What's the word I'm looking for? <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm also looking for the uh, like little notes that can, I could possibly use to... <laughs> to... Yeah, it's def definitely a learning opportunity. That's why, I, oh, that's why I was like super happy when you guys were like, hey, can we... I was like, hey... Be, it'd be awesome like if we if we got together again i was like oh my gosh i want to pick your brain please <laughs> well i know you, you had reached out to me a couple weeks ago asking about like how i go about recruiting for a new team and i was like well this, this sounds like a like possibly a great topic to cover like especially seeing that there's no uh actual faction action going on right now honestly yeah i you know coincidentally after after i had sent you that message we had picked up one of our one of our players that that I had made a, that I made the tweet about that I completely left out a word, and they were they were at play Pokemon in uh, Knoxville, and they they did they did really well, and I remember just kind of saying yeah let's let's add them to the team, and then we had picked up another player kind of like through the that Google form that I had made, and I was just like oh my goodness. I'm not gonna ignore what Amaze just said, but these are some really good questions that I'm gonna I'm gonna keep in mind for for myself. And does and, does does Custom know that his tweet got us one of our new players too? Really? I'm glad I could help. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that was one of the things that they talked about in their interview was like that they had a local player that was that was you make the make the tweet, and so they they followed up because of that, and and that was just like a you know it was it was it was a nice little back scratch moment good no, i'm glad i could i could help a little bit so to kind of springboard because you you mentioned the play pokemon events uh when i'm recruiting actually that's a great metric i think to, to find out uh, how serious a player is because if they're going to these events and competing you know that shows that there's they're at least pretty committed to to being a good player and you know being involved in the community so that's definitely a plus to me when I see that you've competed at one of those uh, regionals. Well, I was actually going to bring this up earlier too, Amazed. Um, and sorry if I'm cutting in, but it's, it's how we found Driftlin, right? I mean, I played him in the third round in, in Columbus. He he beat me up pretty bad. Um, and then I got to talking to him, and we talked a bunch over the course of the weekend. And then when, when the, the nerds were, were recruiting, I actually shot Amazed a note. And I'm like, listen, this Driftlin guy's awesome. Um, pick him up. He's gonna be a good, a good, good fit. Um, and once again, I met right, so I had that personal connection with him. I I knew what I was recommending. It wasn't just a battler. It wasn't just a Discord interaction. It was it was an actual person. Um, 
that's that's once again if you're talking about morale if you're talking about building a team of, of good battlers that you know are going to get along you know going to some of those po play pokemon events and and getting to know the people uh definitely helps with recruiting right i mean I, i've got a a nice list of people i've met that i've really liked um and you know you tap into it when we need to yeah i think that like you had mentioned networking definitely helps out as well and i actually remember no i don't remember who the player was because we had two <laughs> we had we had two people join that day so i had a 50 50 shot and i didn't want to mention the wrong name because oh, i was man. gonna get slack i was gonna get flack for it well who are who are your guys's two new members we had we have Shervine, a player out of tennessee and then we have danny k k kvw70 out of west virginia yep good state good state uh danny definitely he raids with with me and birdie a lot um but yeah he's a good guy he's a good pickup okay i'm 90 percent sure then i'm 99 percent sure it was danny yeah we're, we're both from oh yes oh for real yeah yeah oh my goodness small world <laughs> i'm still trying to get birdie on uh on one of our teams no so my wife has a better win-loss record right she's i think I think she's got she's like 72 and 28 this season. I'm only about 66. So, um, you know, definitely I'm I'm the number two battler in the household right now. So what you're saying is we have to pick up your wife for the eventual B team that we may or may not make because we want to be in the empire business as well. And then when the we and then when we inevitably fight, the loser does the dishes that night. The the only person that picks up my wife is me. That's um, fair. <laughs> <laughs> I always mm. make fun of her because she refuses to get like to Discord or anything like that. So you know, every once in a while she'll get a lucky friend, and she'll, you know, hey, can you get on and talk to so and so so we can go drive to Walmart and meet them and, and do yeah. the trade? Yeah, sure, I'll, I'll play the middleman here. That's absolutely fine. Um, <laughs> this sounds familiar. But she is the world's best Pokemon friend, uh, and she has just like a who's who of her her friends list. I was just kind of laughed. He's. She's friends with all of the the superstars. She always invites Jonkus to our raids. Jonkus always joins us. I always just kind of laugh. Uh, I'm friends with Jonkus, but but Birdie is. Does Birdie constantly open gifts? Yes, yes. She's that was just a joke with like the guys at Nick's Discord. Is they're all best friends with her, and they're all you know like three star friends with me. Um, and that's how they all know that she's real because I would never spend that much time opening gifts on an alt. So yeah, but yeah, she is an A plus friend. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, that's she's already a better. She sounds like a better friend than me because I will open up gifts once every six to eight business months, unless you invite me to a raid, in which case I will happily increase friendship that way. Yeah, I gotta admit I'm a terrible gift opener. Um, I'm on another Discord of uh, the Seven Deadly Simps. You know, they were. Uh, I think they're being silver tier this cycle. But there's like a running joke on that server that about how terrible I am at opening gifts. <laughs> I, I usually get pin, uh, pins every like other day from that, like reminding me to open their gifts. Oh yeah, I, I do it about once a week. When I run out of Pokeballs, I started I started sending gifts. So I'm obviously just a a selfish. But it is. I feel like that's the meta anyway. Like if you run out of balls and you're in a rural area, gifts are the best way to replenish those stocks. As somebody that has has played in a remote area for a little bit of time and <laughs> coincidentally when when we went down for my wedding there were some places that did not have the most pokestops so i was like all right time to open some gifts and send some texas gifts 
Oh yeah, I've got I've got um, there's like a fire hall here and a church and a and a little place like a quarter mile from my house. There's there's three three spins there and one gym there that you know I, I submitted over and over again until I got them. And then the closest thing to me after that's about a five minute drive, right? So it's just like you got to do what you can to get the pokeballs. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Which is my number one pet peeve with Niantic is they don't make it easier to get just plain Jane pokeballs. For all of us role players, give me all the Pokeballs you can give me. For the little, like, I don't know, there's like 12-year-olds that play this game, right? Nine-year-olds that play this game. Give everybody free Pokeballs. Everybody would be better off for it. I mean, you could you could just buy the Pokemon Go Plus Plus and be able to throw Ultra and Great Balls when that comes out in July. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I don't need the Great Balls. I don't need Ultra Balls. Just, yeah, I, I, I just wish they would give out more free Pokeballs. I don't. I think there's there's a small group of people it would hugely benefit, and I think for everybody else it really wouldn't change their life at all. Um, so I, I think there's nothing but positives. So if you gave everybody 50 Pokeballs a day, I don't think there's any negative sort. I can see that honestly. The the date we know that they know how to give it to us every 30 minutes from the community days that we had under lockdown. So I, I approve especially with this season getting rid of the the double opening limit so it's, it's tough for you guys yeah now i'm just like okay i'm gonna open all the gifts for my for my best friends so i can become lucky friends oh i didn't get any well now i can't open the rest of them so i'm sol yeah and i guess for all you best friends out there just go open a couple of gifts right now as you're looking at this give a little little happiness back to your other friends and you know, add those nice stickers. The the snow run sticker, A plus. The glade sticker, very nice as well. So I will say that when I send gifts, I do put a lot of like thought into the stickers that I add. So one of our teammates, Drift Blimmin, he really likes the Pokemon Drift Blim. Go figure. And uh, I have a Poke stop in my town called like the first balloon flight in Virginia or whatever. And I always make it a point to give him that one with the Drift Blim sticker on it. That is I- by. I was gonna say there's a there's a bar down the street for me, so probably the the fourth closest stop to me. It's called the White Bell Crossing um, Biker Bar, um, and and so I always send that that gift away with uh, whatever the the deer Pokemon is in the in the snow the snow sticker right now. I just think it's it, deerling. Deerling. It is it the evolved form, whatever it is. Oh, Sasa. Yeah, you guys you guys are better at this than I am. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, white tail, the, the the deer in the snow, it all it all kind of goes together. All the gifts I get are are taco bar and tequila bar, and I'm not complaining. I think that's funny as can be. <laughs> Sometimes I'll get the animal shelter gift, which which makes me smile a bit. Speaking of gifts, I now that reminds me. I mean, I know you you mentioned I have to. You said blanket open your gifts. I'm gonna do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> And we, we've kind of moved away from recruitment and stuff, but I, I just wanted to kind of give especially amazed a chance to maybe g- give an update if you have any new new plans or, or insights on playing in another yet another new tier, or if it's if it's just kind of we we know what we're doing at this point, we're just gonna keep doing that. Yeah, it's definitely a matter of like don't reinvent the wheel, you know. No, no need to, no need to fix things if it's, if it's going well. Obviously, gold's going to be a little bit tougher than bronze. You know that that's just to be expected. But you know, I've 
I've had the pleasure of playing with these guys for three cycles now, and I know that they're not gonna, they're not gonna, the, the challenge, not, uh, you know, lightly. And no, it's, it, always, it's always, like, fun to play against teams that you haven't faced off against as well. Hmm. No, and the only thing I'm gonna add, right, is that if you look at most of the tiers, outside of probably the top three or four, I think the top handful of those teams in, in every tier are all really darn good, right? I mean, mm -hmm. just the way that they have it built that you have to slowly build your way up through the tiers. So, I mean, the, the good teams that, that, you know, the Brave Nerds have been playing in Iron, the good teams we played in Open, the good teams we played last season. I mean, it's just more teams along that talent level as you move up, right? Um, Rock, Paper, Slark. Without looking at gold, and this is no shade to anyone in gold, this is a prop to, to RPS. But like, there's no one in gold that RPS couldn't keep up with, right? So if you just kind of think that there's just be more teams on that RPS level um, and less kind of easy. I do know that, or I also know that you're going to be getting, I, I was about to say, well, you are going to have a little bit of some familiar competition since you're going to have teams from bronze get promoted. But then I remembered, wait, you're in gold. The promoted other teams go into silver. So yeah, it is going to be uh, a new feel of basically every everything new. Well, I am really excited because I do have some familiarity with the uh, the rest of the tier because you're going to have Pogo Raiders. I played up with them for a cycle back in the day. So I know a lot of the guys on that team. And then uh, Weekend at Burmese, uh, I'm friends with a lot of players on that team as well. So I'm really looking forward to that. Unfortunately, you know, Custom's not going to be around in gold, but we're going to play against his old team, uh, Omega LOL. That would have that been a great story, but... You know, it is what it is. Yeah, I was about to say, you're making MJ uh, be very sad that he's missing out on some revenge storylines to write. I, I do what I can to throw wrenches in people's plans. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I don't even know how many players are left from when Custom was on that team. Uh, Maybe three. I think Frosty, Eastside Pastor, and Mystic Sparkle are still there. And Fussbomb, so four. Okay. But yeah, that, that team is, has turned over so much. That could be a good thing or a bad thing. I'm gonna leave it under a possibly good thing because they've managed to still maintain high rankings. Well, they were in emerald and now they're in gold. So. I take back what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing: like I always like from the outside, I always kind of knew Team Omega Law was like, oh, that's Match Mason and Jonathan Kelly's team, and now they're both gone. So, so who owns the team? Like, no idea. Mystic Sparkle owns the team. Oh, okay. But it's just like kind of when you have like a face to the team and then they leave that kind of, I don't know, I, I just wonder if there's like an identity crisis there. Just have them look in the mirror and say, this is not who we are. Like I'm positive if I were to ever leave Brave Nerds that they would do just fine for me. Yeah, but you own the team still. It's not like they can just... They can't get rid of me. I was going to say, it's not like they can just... <laughs> you know, rebrand the team into something different like Shadow Birds or something. I mean, Shadow Birds sounds pretty great, so. <laughs> I just saw the logo. Yeah, it's in the same ad group. <laughs> Speaking of, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not going to make that. I'm not going to make the same joke twice in the next week in a row. Well, in, in lieu of reinventing the wheel, do you, do you have any kind of new cycle rituals that that kind of re refocus everybody get everyone in the in the set the tone i guess is what i'm looking for so we're gonna do a practice bout with the nerdy birds honestly i feel it's more to their benefit because some of the players on that team 
obviously haven't done factions before so it'd be a great great opportunity that, for them to to get a taste of what it's like before we jump into things but then also at the same time it's a great opportunity for you know some of the guys to shake off some some rust so what 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 happens if we beat you guys like are we gonna make any 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 wagers here tonight oh okay let's see <laughs> i don't know what do you want what do you want to wager if you beat us the old switcheroo Sorry. <laughs> you, you, you become captain of Brave Birds, and then I get devoted. I can never do that. I can never do that. I don't know what we'll to think about. We can make this intro a little bit interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm down for that. So I have already told my players there's one thing that I've wagered that if we go uh, if we go nine and zero again this cycle, I'm gonna make uh, twenty seven and zero sweatshirts. That's the one thing I have wagered. Yeah, I like that. Definitely like that. Are they, are they monogrammed or are they just like a classic edition? And will they well, be... I, I, I'm just gonna, I'm just taking it from the Tap and Turtle squad. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely I, celebrated. If if we actually do end up going 27-0, I think it will be warranted uh, a t-shirt. And will those t-shirts be available for purchase? Because I may or may not want to buy one. <laughs> uh, I'll have, I'll have to see how much the cost of that would be. Come on, Amaze, you gotta add, gotta add the the t-shirt business into your into your empire and do you and do what? you accept payment and gummy bears no yeah what no oh no I, I heard one person say yeah one person say no <laughs> i mean it's I mean, good to know when the teespring is up if, it, if it's I'm good enough to... for if it's good enough for my editors it's got to be good enough for y'all just throwing that out there i've thought about making some merch just to have like our players wear if they go to like a regional or whatever but uh i don't know if i really like the whole like jersey idea that a lot of other factions do i kind of want to do something kind of like silly and dumb like maybe like a like a duck themed hat or i don't know well you've got you got two weeks till charlotte to, to figure it out it's really coming up that soon Jeez. i mean i i have a t-shirt that has taco dog on the front and then like taco dog on the it's like a makeshift jersey and then there's a giant eight on the on the back so when people are like hey i'm fine like when we used to do in-person tournaments they would say, hey, I'm fighting Taco Dog. Does anybody know who Taco Dog is? And then someone would just yell, yeah, the guy with the shirt. This is Taco Dog. It's a little old, so I have to order a new one soon. Now, I think one of our new recruits, uh, for the, our Master League Specialist, is going to wear a t-shirt in, uh, in Charlotte that says, uh, duck around and find out. <laughs> <laughs> I think Play Pokemon will make them wear a shirt over it. I hope not. But it'll that's, be that's really only, great. That's only for the stream. Yeah. Afterwards, they can. Uh, afterwards, like when Stadium Gaming and the other outlets, and the other like Pokemon peeps, post pictures of it. I definitely would want to see that. Been for a Brave Nerds mug if that happens. Oh, I'm 100% down for a mug. Beer koozies. My yeah. my wife is really, gonna hate it because I. We could really we could really branch out with the merch, you know. Um, there's the sky's the limit. We can just. <laughs> slap that logo! Slap that logo on anything. <laughs> Sky's the limit. That was a good pun. I try. Well, alrighty then. That is, that was definitely a lot to bring in. Like we were gonna just ask questions on recruitment, and we ended up getting into coaching philosophies and lineups and stuff. That's fun. And merchandising opportunities. This is true. However, there is a loophole that can be exploited through, or from Nintendo or Game Freak which is if you use a copyrighted image, you can only sell 100 before they come after you. Fun fact. I did not know that. 
Say that one more time. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, I, I had no idea about that. Yeah, there was a uh, there was this. I'm sorry, Jet. <laughs> I made it an hour without mentioning it. There's this RuneScape content creator that makes this like custom merch, but because the company that owns RuneScape owns the copyright to like the font style and some of the assets that he uses for his merchandise the the copyright laws in the united states say that you can only sell a hundred of them before we have to go after you once again this is not legal advice i am not a lawyer enter the dragoner's den takes no responsibility for <laughs> for possible legal disputes that may or may not come out of this use at your own risk wouldn't that just drive up the value then it's like you know it's a limited edition every time exactly yeah so every every three every month he comes out with new designs and once they're gone he never makes them again and so on the secondhand market they they shoot up in value i mean as much as like hey i'm a youtuber that has its own merch store just like all my other buddies that do it or i could do like the disney model and like every couple of months like put the the merchandise in the brave nerds vault yeah. <laughs> bring it bring it back you know every once in a while now if you remove the the surfetch logo and just have like a random duck with like a really cool hat and call it brave nerds it would technically you can sell as much as you want with, of that also these ideas are not free <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if that's why some of the, uh, I guess, the bigger factions have such boring like designs. You know, there's there are certain teams out there where they don't have Pokemon in their in their name or their logo. It's very generic. But it's like, hey, I guess they could sell merch if they wanted to. They definitely had a, a lawyer look over it and say, "Yep, we can do this." Yeah, good for them. Well, alrighty. Before we go, Jet, do you have any last minute? questions uh, comments or concerns that you wanted to go over no I'm, I'm i'm just excited that we can follow another brave nerds team and focus on them every week if we want <laughs> now, Jay, so you guys uh, sorry you guys you guys single out like a, a team for every tier i noticed that are we gonna be your uh your pick for open i will neither confirm nor deny that yet because okay, i was like because I want to kind of see. I kind of want to see what else the the open tier has. We'll usually have an answer by the by the start of cycle one or by the end of cycle one. We'll have an answer. About one. You know what I mean. <laughs> About one. <laughs> just, just helping. Well, yeah. I'm com- I'm confident. Custom and the rest of the guys will will have a great first week and convince you guys to 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 jump on the hype train. Yeah, but we want to try to avoid being, like, the official fan club of Brave Nerds. Uh, I mean, actually, I, I, though, don't who, I, don't, I don't have a problem with it. Actually, though, <laughs> who, who am I kidding? We had nothing but great things to say about y'all last cycle, so we're pretty much the fan club of Brave Nerds at this point. I, I actually wonder if we're, we're too late to the party to even be the fan club. I mean, for the, for the first couple of weeks, Amaze was the one that was like, hey, guys, y'all killed it against this team. And y'all kill it against this thing. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, if anything, I'm on the, the D-Nair Don't Care fan club. No, I was going to say, we're, we're definitely on the D-Nair Don't Care fan club. I mean, in, in the Dragonair's End podcast, we were the, we were on the first podcast, weren't we? Yeah, you you guys were the first the first guests, both of y'all. Yeah, so so yeah, big, big fans here, big fans. Okay, so I, I take back what I said. We will definitely join the, the Brave Nerds, uh, the Brave Nerds fan club, but we still can't confirm nor deny 
we still can't confirm nor deny that you um, that we may or may not follow you. I'm I'm happy to say that you're a front runner for me, but he, he can <laughs> well, be. Either way, either way, I, I look forward to to checking in with you guys every week. It's always a good listen. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree with that. And, Very, and we know the people love you guys because that's that's one of the the top listened episodes. I'm not gonna really lie to you guys. Your interview was the most is still the most popular episode that we that we have. The <laughs> you guys or that episode doubled the average the average plays of the other of the other episodes that we have put out. Now, now to be fair, a lot of those listens might be my fiance just listening to it to make fun of me. <laughs> Look she's at, like Re- really you're going on a pokemon podcast <laughs> we, we take those <laughs> we'll still take we'll still take the plays the plays the plays mean engagement engagement means number go up and for this for this runescape player's brain number go up good yeah the heat map of, of listening to that that first podcast is, is very hot over top of the virginias <laughs> yeah would you believe that Virginia is not in the top 10 of uh, plays that we get. We mostly get them out of California. Would you believe that Virginia isn't in the top one list of best Virginias? I would not believe that because I figured it was first. So that means it's it gets it gets the nod. I mean, to be honest, we just kind of like forget about West Virginia most of the time. Yeah, I I know how you people are. You go to Harper's Ferry and you visit. It happens. It happens. It's beautiful, though. Harper's Ferry. (laughs) Love it. I'll definitely have to go put that on my list of places to visit when I go on my my cross country bike tour. You're biking across the country? Oh heck yeah! Once I once I finish my once I'm all healed from my from my accident in October, I I'm definitely going to be doing it. So I did the this was three years ago. So this was the the summer before COVID to raise money for Operation Welcome Home and a couple other groups in, in the the Pittsburgh area. Um, I biked from Pittsburgh. BC, so 335 miles to raise money for veterans, and it was absolutely awesome. How long does that take? We did it over five days. Um, okay. I did 100 miles one day, and then the other four we kind of took it easier. But you go up the mountains and you go down the mountains, and it's it's a it's a beautiful drive, a beautiful ride. You do the the, the heli passageway from from Pittsburgh to Cumberland, Maryland, and then the CNO Railroad from Cumberland into DC. Um, we got there on the Fourth of July, had a big party. It was a great time. Now I know that there is, going off of that, there is uh, a couple of trails that you can take. One of it, one of them is called the Great, the Great American Railroad Trail, that goes from Washington D.C. all the way to Seattle, Washington. The only thing that's stopping me from doing that is Wyoming and Montana and Idaho don't have trail or don't have like their trails so much as like completed so the only way you're getting across that area is if you go on the back roads which is pretty dangerous because cars go burr or you take a fat tire bike and you go you basically hoof it across the mountains and hope you don't fall yeah the group i did it with did i think they did california all the way to dc i think they did the whole thing and they they had they said you know colorado was was hell going through there um, which I would, which I would imagine. I love the mountains, or love biking the mountains, but those Colorado mountains are different than our our Appalachians here. Um, but yeah, I mean, whatever you can do. I mean, I, I absolutely love the the, the the trail systems. I know there's a concerted effort, kind of nationwide, to convert more of the railroads to trails. 
I know they're adding a bunch from West Virginia, so I can get up all the way to Pittsburgh. Right now, I can only go across the border to Pennsylvania. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's exciting. I love biking is the only exercise I truly love. Um, so yeah, get out there. That's awesome. Oh yeah, 100%. I, I ditched my car a year ago. I dropped 50, 53 pounds, was able to fit in all my old clothes because I was a cheap boy and didn't want to buy new clothes. And now I just, I put in 11 miles a day and I don't like, I don't necessarily don't need, I really don't need a car at this point because I just use my bike to get around town. See, I, I wish I could do that. I'm in a very like uh, spread out like suburban environment, so I have to take a car, but I'd love to bike more. But yeah, so before we get too, <laughs> before we get too <laughs> focused, or not too focused, but too, too far off topic, I just want to say like, it was a pleasure to bring you guys on for the second time. You guys are always welcome to come back, whether like you have a you have a, like a topic or it's just like if we're looking for some peeps and it's like, hey, do you guys have any insight on this? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's great to be back on as always. Uh, I think you guys are are doing great things both uh, both with the faction and the show. Yeah, definitely same. I'm here to help. If you guys need more help with recruiting, uh, let me know. I'm, I'm you can tag me in, um, and hopefully, I, and like I said. You know, reach out to me week six or week seven. I'll let you know how many times I've cheated on my random number generator. Um, and I'll, you guys need me. All right. I'm definitely going to be pulling for, even though like Brave Nerds is no longer a team we cover, I'm still rooting for you guys to go all the way to the, the world championships next season. And Nerdy Birds, I mean, I have a negative bias towards quote unquote academy teams. I've said it on the podcast before, but you guys are a group, you all are a good group of, you're a good group of trainers and the the things that you try to do is just like it's a learning experience i i put that as like okay maybe we do like my attitude's kind of shifted maybe we do need some academy teams to kind of teach people kind of like get people to do more pvp stuff no i'm all for it i, I think the academy teams are i, I think it, it's good i think it's a I think it's a net positive thing maybe having five or six is a little bit crazy but it's a lot of upkeep but yeah i you know the other factions out there i would definitely recommend one uh academy team i do think it helps helps everything run and yeah i do think it is a really good learning experience um for the folks that you bring in gotcha gotcha well already and, and just for my part it's uh, i'll say it again it's 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 obviously been easy to root for you guys because you're the winners but you're also <laughs> just so easygoing and strong competitors so it's like even even if you do drop some o3s we'll always have you back I appreciate it i'm sure i'll have a few this cycle but at least at least now if i go three uh you guys won't report on it <laughs> yeah just just custom i i can't go three if i just keep myself on the bench every week that's a bit that's the biggest brain move i've heard in a very long time gotta get in that coach's chair well all right y'all so with that with everything being said and the giant segue i love the segues they're the best we're gonna go ahead and take a quick commercial break but we'll be right back after these messages is, is this like we're going to get the milk again kind of break <laughs> welcome back i hope you enjoyed that commercial break because i know i did i i really did not expect us to come back from that one <laughs> you know okay that's fair so real quick this podcast i'm not even gonna say this, what's the word i'm looking for this <laughs> is brought to you by Anchor. No, Anchor doesn't let us host ads anymore. It's brought to you by viewers li- or listeners like you. <laughs> I know your heart was in the right place. We'll go with that. But yes, this this 
this podcast is brought to you by anchors like anchors listeners like jet said we do have a patreon (laughs) physical anchors outside (laughs) you know if i had an anchor just outside i would use it as a deterrent where it's like hey if you start acting up or quit acting up or that i'm gonna have to get the anchor i mean i wouldn't mess with a house that had a bunch of anchors (laughs) like nah that's true anyway so we do have a patreon right (laughs) where you can support this show for as little as a dollar Supporting the show gets you access to special parts of the Discord, as well as, or they can go as far as the Q&A session, where you can listen in and make memes with us as we record episodes. Alternatively, if you like what you're listening to, please give us a rating on wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm sorry, Apple users. Apple Podcasts still doesn't like us. You'll have to, you'll have to add the the RSS feed manually because I refuse to pay money to Apple. Give us a follow or a rating or even drop us a review. If it's witty enough or awesome enough, we'll read it on the air. Just make sure it's family friendly. Sometimes little kids listen to this podcast. Music will be brought like, to- like on, on purpose or on accident? <laughs> Both. <laughs> uh... The music that you... The music that you listen to week in and week out is brought to you by the amazing composer Zame on Twitter and on his YouTube channel. The links will be in the description below. Oh, last but not least, we do have a Discord. It is also linked at the end of every episode. Join it, have some fun, make some memes, and take part in monthly tournaments that we may or may not that we may have. <laughs> Speaking of that, so far, so far we've had them every month. <laughs> yeah, I have to get on the. I have to get on that part. <laughs> uh, yeah, I- Ionic. Uh... We'll start it next week. Okay. I'll just I'll make an announcement of it. TM starts the same week as the new cycle. Yeah, for absolute chaos. Anyway, speaking of the like, I once again want to give a big hand, or we want to give a big hand to Custom and Amaze for coming back on and giving us an amazing insight into recruiting i have more notes to add to the big book of how to be a good captain by taco dog so before i forget are there there also (laughs) notes about creating a second team yes there is there is now of course hey but i i did put what you said what you told me a while ago which is wait till we're at a very high tier to think about it so I'm well, not think- I mean, I, I will say, like, this is a perfect example. They got to gold to make it a second team. And is, is that not what I told you? This is ex- that's exactly where I was going. So, you know, you were right. And Taco are, are was you wrong. not entertained? <laughs> <laughs> Jet, we get it. You're right. Like 99% of the time. But yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's just the juxtaposition. <laughs> I know I was I'll be the first to admit I was a little happy with should we do it? Should we do it now? How about now? But yeah, you you are absolutely correct. We have a community question from the big from the big book of questions. What's the question? So, with everything starting with factions and vanilla sylph in full swing, I want to know or we want to know what is your favorite what is your favorite cup/field to play in? Do you like the Ionic cup? 
Do you like the Catacomb Cup or the Catacomb Remix? Arcana? Yeah. Justiciar or Justicar. I'll explain to y'all why I call it Justiciar in just a moment. Or do you just like Open Great League, Open Master League? If you have an answer. I feel like we're forgetting one. Oh, the other wave. uh, Oh, Pokemon. The Egg Cup. That's what I'm calling it. I was like, there's five of them. Which one's the last one? Pick one. If you have an answer, or if you, yeah, if you have an answer, please feel free to answer it if you listen on Spotify in the question below. Alternatively, you can tweet at the show. We are at Dragonair Den. I forgot to plug Twitter. Oh, well. We are at Dragonair Den. Or you can join the Discord and just tag, and just tag me. Hey, Taco Dog, I have an answer to the question. Yeah, we can we can ask um, Amazed and Custom if they want to float any new tags or anything. This is true. So we will definitely do that. Once again, the question we're going to ask is: Out of all the new cups and and fields announced, which is your favorite? Yep, that's it. Yeah. Do you, do you have a favorite taco? I'm really leaning toward catacomb because i i did really well in it in season two however the the arcan the arcana cup also looks very interesting i'm not really i haven't i haven't looked enough to see if this catacomb is an actual catacomb 2.0 or if it's like they did my boy sorcerer is pretty dirty so um uh, that, like it, it's hard to think of that as the same, <laughs> or or as even related to the original after the changes they made. So it's just I, I'm kind of waiting to see if it's actually catacomb again, or if they were just kind of saving some space and trying to be like, so you remember that thing you did a while ago? It's Hon- like that. I was gonna say honestly. I was using Houndoom a bit in some of my practice sessions, and I was not having the best of time because you have to line up Hound. You have to either lock it in against something it's good at, or just don't bother bringing it. Well, and even just from the small amount that I've seen, just like kind of updating my my memory bank, like knowing that the poison grasses are gone. That's that's one of Houndoom's targets, right? So that's already one less thing for it to do. Yeah, but they have the ice types like Frostlass and Pylos Well, White. and, and Fro- Frostlass is of course double duty, but Houndoom is so frail that it doesn't even want to get hit by an avalanche. Yeah, it's true. Oh well. You live and you maybe, learn. Maybe you need to go Houndour. That's a big brain idea. I, I don't even know if it has like the moves to get away with it, but it's, it's something to sit on. I can look it up. <laughs> and you need. An... While, while you do that, I can I can put my um, oh, ear, earworm out from from our chat earlier, where Justicard now sounds way more interesting to me than it did before, just because of the interview and getting getting the uh, the walkthrough of this is the fastest Ultra League meta of all time. So Houndour gets the same charge moves as Houndoom and crunch and flamethrower but it does not have the same fast move pvp pv poke recommends snarl i don't use snarl 
but for Houndour, you have to run Ember. Oh, you mean Snarl for Houndoom? Yeah. But for okay. yeah, Houndour has to use uh, Ember. Yeah, faint attack, kind of iffy. <laughs> so, sadly, I doesn't. It does not look like I will have to. I will get to use Houndour this this time, or I could probably use it maybe one time because there is a lot of grass types and bug types I could hit. It caps out at fourteen hundred though at level fifty, so not not quite worth it. I don't think. Yeah, no. <laughs> but, but but now we know. At least at least we've we've looked. Yes, we did our due diligence. So, with that being said, it is now time for the salsa bar. We have not or I have not messed up this badly in quite a while. So this comes on the heels of this comes the heels of recruitment, and I had been sitting on this one until just such an occasion. So on Twitter I saw that there was a player that was a there, uh, it was um, what's the word I'm looking for? It was Sig Jimbo Slice had become a free agent, and I said, or I thought to myself, hey, let's let's chat with this person. Let's let's reach out to them and let's let's see if they're interested in joining. I messaged the wrong Jimbo and accidentally messaged and tried to poach Jimbo from Battle Boys to see if they would join my join our team. And I didn't even know about it until they said, hey, I appreciate the offer, but I'm solid with the Battle Boys. I think you're confusing me with Sig Jimbo Slice. And I said, oh my gosh, I am so sorry. I feel bad for trying to poach, for like, they probably think I was trying to poach them. I was not trying to, but that was, that was my, my, my wind up and pitch on trying to, trying to recruit somebody that was going through on Twitter. I mean, at least they were courteous about it. <laughs> <laughs> they they put two and two together. I mean, there was another there was another player that got picked up by by another faction when they were in Vegas, and they had they were nice enough to say, "Hey, I appreciate the the offer, but I'm joining this faction." But <laughs> I think the funniest one was I think it was I think it was our recruiter that reached out to one of the higher-ups that said on Twitter that they were looking for a faction, and when we threw our hat into the ring, he just said, no, nah, I'm kind of looking for, like, a gold or higher tier. <laughs> and I was like, well, man's got priorities. Yeah, no no issues with self-worth there. But yeah, there... That is the Salsa Bar, where I completely whiffed on trying to recruit. So <laughs> you, you you shot your shot kind of. <laughs> I did my best. And and hopefully you learned something. I did. Always make sure you get the spelling right. Well alright. So I hear I hear you've been doing some GBL? Yep, I was just about to segue into that. So I did last time I set a goal, I think it was last episode, of trying to get ten battles ten wins a day. Oh, and ten it, wins a day. Yeah, it was just ten wins a day not doing all the battles i've i'm happy to announce that i am some, some days that takes me all the battles <laughs> i'm happy to announce that i am currently still on that trend i'm averaging 12 battles a day 12 wins a day don't ask me how many battles it takes because sometimes it takes 15 sometimes it takes 20 i'm currently sitting at i think rank 13 I haven't done my battles today, so I'll pro- this will probably be the first day I did not 
continue. But... Hey, I'm I'm at, I'm at rank twelve, so I could I could queue into you. <laughs> <laughs> so let me know when you're rank like nineteen or something, so I can come back to play. Okay. <laughs> I just don't want to queue in against you. You mean you mean you don't want to partake in my challenge? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I mean, this is this is arguably one of your your best times to beat me because I, I I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast, but I gave myself a challenge to play Flareon to rank twenty, and it is difficult. Knowing you, you'll still find a way to beat me. <sighs> I, uh, it is it is a tough Pokemon. Like I I've learned to appreciate the damage of the superpower, and I mean like overheat's obvious, but off of Flareon's attack, it's dumb. <laughs> like, <laughs> even like the non-shadow, because I mean there is no shadow Flareon, but the non-shadow overheat off the Flareon does as much. Just to use a relevant example, to a Registeel as the Shadow Ninetales version. Gotcha. So it's it's got some it's got some firepower and it's it's impressive to me how much chip the superpower does. But I mean, most of the time that Pokemon is just, it's just a liability. But I just I love the little floof. <laughs> he does I, I his needed, best. I needed to see it in action to really have a full understanding of, of just how poorly the stats translate to Pokemon Go. <laughs> Also, fun fact, Flareon is the most huggable po- of the evolutions. Doubles as a heated blanket and a pillow. And, and to me, the, the shiny Flareon is what I, what I consider the vanilla Eevee evolution, where that, that's just what an evolved Eevee, if it didn't have all of the, the branches, would look like. Gotcha. Okay. That's a nifty. That's nifty. I mean, t- to me, it's just the natural progression of the floof. <laughs> the best of floofs. But uh, Jolteon is still my favorite original evolution, and then Umbreon is my favorite second wave of evolution, and I count Sylveon as part of the second wave. It's not part of the third or fourth wave? Nope, there's only two waves. There's originals, and then there's everything after the originals. <laughs> <laughs> the trio and the not trio. But now we know that there's not going to be another evolution because with Terra types out, any Eevee can be any typing. Just for a little while, but I don't know. Like that—that that seems like such an such a low-hanging fruit as far as. Oh man, why am I blanking on this term? Um, fan service. Ah. <laughs> like that. That's it's such an easy one. Like obviously they. They they did the Dunsparce one kind of passive aggressively, right? Like most of the reason people wanted an evolution was because like it was kind of derpy <laughs> and it could have gone so many directions and been so cool, but they just they just like tripled down on the derp. The Dun so. the I think the Dunsparce was probably like Dunsparce's mega evolution at some point, and they just said, "Screw it, we're throwing it in the game." Yeah, well, and at least they gave it a good signature move, right? Where it's 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 not a worthless Pokemon, but <laughs> it, it feels a little insulting as the evolution that we got compared to what could have been, right? That's true. I think well, such such as such as to say, 
it would surprise me if we never got another EV evolution, just because I mean that's that is the name of the Pokemon. It's like it is the evolution Pokemon. That's true, but I mean Gen Nine was also the Gen Nine was also kind of like a fan service to Gen Two in the sense where you had a lot of like Gen Two Pokemon that weren't in in Sword and Shield come back. You also had new evolutions like Farigaraph and the Dunsparce make its make its appearance uh fortress was i don't know if fortress was in sword and shield i didn't see it much but it was kind of kind of hanging around in in scarlet and violet just look it's me i'm on a tree Heracross as well so i think like every every couple of generate or every couple of new pokemon games that come out they do like some fan service to the past generations would not surprise me to see in gen 10 we had we have like a Skarmory that's still Gen Two. <laughs> well, and when <laughs> when you are looking at power creep stuff, like Gen Three got Megas because they got a remake during the Mega era, so they they at least got some some facelift stuff where Gen Two was skipped over, and it it really needed some help and so this was this was reassuring for that reason that they are at least still making those pokemon viable and obviously they continue the trend cuz uh Suicune got a raptor version so that was <laughs> that was that was an update i never knew i needed so oh yeah they're here for another week Suicune I should, is. I should, I should probably catch my bunny so I can update my switch and get my gimme ghoul. Yeah, and the par like paradox or waking, walking wake is so much easier to beat than <laughs> waking walk. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a oh, long day. <laughs> yeah, is so much easier to beat than iron leaves. I didn't have to build a, I didn't have to build a new Pokemon just to be able to beat. The, these the the raid mons uh, with with walking wake I just had to use a an iron hands and the standard belly drum drain punch thunder punch till thunder punch go burr until defeat helps but with with iron leaves I used a I use an unaware skeledurge but everyone that I was raiding with was kind of like Let's use Iron Hands because it's the best Raidmon, even though it's a fighting type, and it's going to use Electric Terrain to heighten its special attack, but it'll heighten our attack. It's just, no, stop, please. And it's it's Psychic Terra, right? Yes. Yeah, so it's like, what? None of that helps you. <laughs> the, the only thing that you could honestly get away with is if you belly drum so it'll use electric terrain to start out with if you use belly drum it will use swords dance to boost its attack and then you have to hope you outspeed you're not gonna outspeed that's why if you use unaware skeledurge uh three torch songs and then shadow ball till bye bye you win but we never got that far this is tough buddy yeah but anyway before we start getting into gen 9 and stuff so you're, I'm, if I queue in against you, I'll still probably lose to your Flareon somehow. I've lost Eevee Illusions before. It, it is, it is, uh, it has been really, really tough. Like even just finding 
a backline that can support it well because <laughs> the list of things that it just beats on its own is so short. <laughs> Where it's like you basically need a, a two-man squad in the back that can do the the rest or you know just like have have some other situation where you can get it in late still with a shield to nuke because i mean <laughs> the the only move that it uses that you don't debuff yourself is flamethrower and at least my experience has been like when, once you go up to enough fire spins to get that move off like it's it's getting shielded so you might as well have the bigger nuke move just for if they don't shield gotcha but yeah it is it has it has been a legitimate challenge and i mean it's 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 no auto wrecked or anything like that because like there's still team building involved right like yeah trying trying to find find what what can work with alongside it or or give it the the support that it needs especially in the the yet another lantern meta because that we didn't really get an update but you know and the update we did get is jellicent which is another one that lantern does well against so just more lantern you know I, I, there was a there was an interesting thought that i had what if the the play pokemon or what if niantic is doing this meta to build up to the next season to make it better but what okay i i i appreciate the thought i just i just want to counter with when when has that ever actually been the case because like we we got our whole quote-unquote interlude season where it was about building a how do they say it they said they were greater greater stability and just a new way to, to upgrade up it was it was about updating the game right like that it wouldn't break it as much yeah that didn't happen <laughs> <laughs> i almost said it without laughing anyway <laughs> i don't i just i i have i have trouble giving them that much credit like obviously yeah I, I do think they're under pressure from the play pokemon company because obviously they have their metas for like set lengths of time but i don't i don't think they <laughs> because they don't have their hand on the controls i feel like it makes them nervous knowing that there's another company involved in the the balance side i see that's that's my hot take is that niantic gets pressure from the Pokemon Company about changing things too much. I I, I understand, and that's that's a good, <clears throat> excuse me, that's a good sentiment to have, honestly. Because you were saying, when has that ever worked out? The correct answer is it's never worked out. <laughs> I have call it blind faith, call it what you will, that eventually Niantic will turn their turn their act around. You know, I'll probably just be the first one to say, it. Niantic, hire me as the PvP community manager. I know oh, that no. position's opening. Oh no. I will make I promise to make the most fair and balanced meta as possible and I will listen to what the community wants and the what the community wants is Metal Claw to be a Shadow Claw clone. It's going to happen, please Niantic. Well, and I, and I guess I, I just want to clarify that 
all all of the things I say is is kind of especially harsh feedback is is in the name of being like proven wrong. Like that's that's what I hope for is that at the at the end of the day they they <sighs> the the product will speak for itself. But we we haven't gotten there yet. So I hear you. And with everything being said, I think this is a good stopping point before we start just bashing on Niantic a little more. <laughs> well, and and like I said, that's that's not the point. It's it's just like obviously we're we're here, we're competing, we have this this podcast, and so obviously we're invested, and we're we we believe it's it's a space that is is worth investing in and. Any any support from from the people that make it possible is welcome. I was gonna say we're angry because we're passionate. Yeah, exactly. That that was probably the best way to sum it up. So, with that, with all of that being said, we want to let you let every single dragon tamer that needs to know this, and that is always keep your dragon fangs sharp. Stay away from those ice types. Those fairies do not want to give you candy. Stay away from them. You cannot you cannot touch them. With all that being no said, <laughs> with all that being said, we will see you all in our next episode. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you are too.